0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. After a long wait, a long summer, after we stewed on the Super Bowl loss, the Redemption Tour finally begins this Sunday, week one of the NFL football season is finally here. Shane, it's been the it's been long. We've been trying to act like we're engaged in training camp, which we are. You know, nerds like yourself and myself enjoy position battles and talking about who's gonna be like the back of nickel and stuff like that. You know, third world, third or first world problems. Uh, but as far as the Eagles are concerned, they only have one goal in mind, and that is to return to the Super Bowl. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first regular season edition of the EPA podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation. I'm one of your hosts today, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at the Philly Pod. Do the same for my other host here. You can find him on everything at Shane Half NFL. Shane, we're in the swing of it. We're in the swing of it. We survived the long offseason. I felt longer than others because of the Super Bowl loss. And you're sitting here like you're eager to get back. And we're wondering like once Hertz got paid and everything, and we're like, well, now it's just the waiting game. Training camp is still interesting, but it wasn't as interesting as years past because. It was the whole like cliche of like is what's Hertz going to do? This is make or break season. We know what the team is now. They brought back most of their starters, so now it's just can they maintain that success? Can Hertz take another leap? Can the Eagles remain as the most dominant team in the NFC? How excited are you, man? Are where are you as far as like week one hype? I know the Patriots aren't like the the, the most <laughs> exciting matchup in the world week one, but NFL football is back.
1: Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait to. Sit down Thursday night and watch Chiefs, Lions, watch anything that's on Sunday. That meaningful uh, football. football. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a slog to get through the offseason, uh, but I'm excited to be back. And you talked about position battles and watching those in training camp. Did you see the Eagles' depth chart they put out yesterday? Uh, I saw that there was like no starter at running back, right? I saw the. Yeah, so the three <laughs> positions that are a little bit up in the air safety, running back, and linebacker two, yeah. they just like listed everyone on the team in the same slot. Uh, I, I I like got that photo and I just blinked out the names and I just put a shrugging emoji on each of them. Like, yeah, I feel like we're true. still, we still don't know what's going on at some of these positions, but I'm interested. I mean, the Eagles know, but I'm interested to see uh, who they trot out, how they use those guys.
0: Yeah. But we all know how Sirianni likes to be about competitive advantages. He, he, and even Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, who, who we'll talk about later echoes that same sentiment. Cause Shane, I don't know if you saw, uh, but Gannon, now now this week, you know, you usually make your quarterbacks available to the media to answer questions, you know, set expectations for the season, what have you. Gannon decided that he is not going to make his quarterbacks, whether it be Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon. It's not like we're debating between like McNabb, Michael Vick, like you're debating between Dobbs and Clayton Toon. And you're not going to reveal your quarterbacks. You're not going to make your quarterbacks available to the media because you don't want to reveal to your opponent who the quarterback is going to be as if it's going to make a difference. So <laughs> Sirianni instilled that in his assistance. He's trying to trying not to, I guess, show his hand as far as running back safety is concerned. Yesterday when Sirianni was uh, doing his media availability, he was asked about who's going to start opposite Reed Blankenship. He declined to answer as expected. So uh, be interesting uh, to see that. But yes, New England... The first opponent for the Philadelphia Eagles, how these pods will traditionally go. We'll talk about, uh, you know, one side of the ball for the opponent against the Eagles D and then the other side of the ball against the Eagles. O, and dive into those matchups and expectations and and, and stuff like that. But uh, before we we dive into the uh, essential like week one, like matchup, your expectations as a whole, Shane, as far as like Hurts performance. Uh, I know you're not the biggest gambler, but Smitty's like receiving line is like 925, super low. He eclipsed that by 200 yards last year um where do you expect the team just from a season perspective do you do you expect the team to regress at all and where do you expect them uh to improve a lot is made of the uh, the new coordinators between brian johnson um I, I forget if he's calling plays this year or is it gonna be sirianni i assume it's going to be uh brian johnson we all assume Desai is going to be a more aggressive uh, defensive coordinator than, than jonathan gannon but are you expecting any type of like regression i've heard nfl media kind of say like maybe a sophomore slump Is is in the cards for the Eagles? Where where are you kind of at as far as the Eagles' expectations in twenty twenty
1: three? If by regression we mean they won't win fourteen games and have seventy sacks, then yeah, I expect a little bit of a regression. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you lose both coordinators, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, that's gonna that that impact is gonna be felt. You lose five defensive starters; that impact is also gonna be felt, And, and. Ironically, all the defensive starters you lost are right through the spine of your defense. Defensive tackle, two linebackers, two safeties. So uh, the spine of that defense could be a little susceptible this year. The Eagles also had crazy health. Uh, I tried to go Mm -hmm. look up the adjusted games lost in the Football Outsiders website. No longer exists, apparently. (laughs) Uh, But I'm, I'm pretty sure that I remember they were like first or second in adjusted games lost last year. Like they were remarkably healthy. 22 of 22 starters in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. I don't think you expect that. Um, now I think it's going to be a really good football team. I, they've got a nice schedule that where it's you know softer at the start of the year as you try to work out issues with new starters with new play callers. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are just going to be running the ball the entire second half because they're up by three scores uh, this season and especially early. So I think it'll look a little sloppy early. It's like nine of eleven starters on offense played zero snaps in the preseason. So um, but I do expect him to be a good football team. I've got them as the one seed in the NFC. I've got them edging out the Cowboys for the division. I think it's going to be close. I think they're both really good teams, but I do expect the Eagles to be a good team this year and have a shot to make another Super Bowl run.
0: Yeah, even even if you take off like the Eagle shades, uh, it's hard not to peg them as the top seed in the NFC. Like you can obviously make arguments for the 49ers. You never know what's going on with the Cowboys who brought in Trey Lance, and now Dak is uncomfortable, and who knows what that dynamic is is going to be now the likelihood of Trey Lance even being like remotely as good as Dak aren't, aren't very high, but it's still a tough, I guess, look for the organization to bring a guy like that in, especially when you have a more than serviceable backup in in Cooper rush. So, you know, you have that all going over there as well, but yeah, the Eagles, it's tough not to envision them going back to at least the NFC championship game. I think those are uh, definitely uh, good expectations. You mentioned uh, how Hertz (laughs) essentially didn't have to do a whole lot in a lot of the second halves. Of these games, even some games getting pulled, the offense got pulled for for half of the fourth quarter. Uh, Where do you peg the probability, the likelihood that Jalen Hurts can become the second passer in Eagles history to record 4,000 passing yards uh, uh, during a season? He almost hit it last year, and that's without playing (laughs) or having to finish most of these games. They just ran the ball and wore out the clock. Do you think there's a good chance he can surpass 4,000 passing yards this year?
1: Yeah, what was his number that he got to last year? I can't well, 3, remember.
0: 3700. I I was about to look it up as you as you started. I think he was at yeah, 37 if, around
1: there. Yeah, if he stays healthy, I think he can hit that. Like you said, he missed two games last year. They were milking big leads in the second half of the game. So I think it's certainly possible. Um, obviously you're relying on health there. You're relying on health from your top two receivers. Uh so as long as that happens, I think it's very possible and in fact I'd say it's probable that he'll hit that 4000 yards passing this year. So Uh, I would, I'd take the over. If you set a line, I'd take the over 4,000.
0: Yeah, he had 37.01 last year. So I think there's a good chance he's going to be airing it out a bit more uh, this year. Going to have to, especially when they get into those competitive games against, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, Seattle, those teams. I I think those games are going to be close until the end hurts. is probably going to have to finish out a lot of those games. So yeah, I think for a good shot at 4,000 yards. Uh, Last thing before we, before we dive into the matchup, the Eagles named their captains, including two new ones. In Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. Now uh, we never entertained the narrative that oh, there's AJ versus Smithy, or the fan bases are divided, or whatever, whatever the case is. And I've tried to set the precedent to fans. I like that. I would be very, very uh, <laughs> surprised if the Eagles did not pay Devontae Smith at, at the first chance that they could, which is this upcoming offseason. Um, so, your your thoughts on AJ and Devontae Smith both being named? Um, new captains for this team, and the likelihood that uh, both of these guys remain with the Eagles for the uh, foreseeable future.
1: <laughs> we never yeah, they, entertained
0: the uh, argument about Smitty versus, a- like, I don't, I don't understand how this was even manufactured. Um, but I think the Eagles made it loud and clear and sent a message by naming them both captains.
1: Yeah, I, I don't overstate these things, but there is a one hundred percent chance that the Eagles will pay Devonte Smith. Of course, like, yep. And I will normally hedge and say like, there's a 99% chance. There is no chance that Devonta Smith doesn't get a second contract with the Eagles. Like Mm -hmm. they knew what they were doing when they traded up and got him. They knew that he was good after his rookie year. And they went and got AJ Brown and paid him anyways. Uh, They're going to keep that group together. And so, yeah. Devonta Smith. Now, whether it would be wise to make it after this season, that's as soon as he's contract eligible. Yeah, uh, because wide receiver contracts are going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and how he generally does the prudent thing there. He's he usually extends early, sometimes too early uh, at Carson Wentz and some of those guys. But I, I would expect that contract to come this off season.
0: Yeah, try and do it before uh, Justin Jefferson gets paid. That'd be ideal. You know, try it before Jettis gets, gets his record-setting deal and breaks the market entirely. So, uh, yeah, Devontae Smith, um, A.J. Brown, both named captains. The Eagles named nine of them. That's kind of a lot. No, I saw the list, and I was like, damn, who, who isn't a captain? There's, not,
1: <laughs> there's nine of them. Is that kind of high for, for the NFL? What's the average number around the league? <laughs> I have no idea, but that seems that – seems, if 20% of your roster is a captain, right, that seems heck? like too much to me. Um, <laughs> like, I'll tell you who's not a captain that should be. Mm. I would give anything. No, no, no. I would give anything for this to happen for the Eagles to sign Nick Foles to a one day contract and send Uh him out to do the coin toss on Tom Brady day against the Patriots. I would give anything.
0: Yeah, they need, they need, he needs to just look at him in the eye on Tom Brady. And just have him show up, him or Eli. I mean, for us, Nick Foles, but if Eli shows up too, that'd be, that, that, that would be. Yeah, um, sign them both hilarious. to one day contracts. <laughs> Get them <laughs> both in there at the middle of the field when Brady is there. Hysterical, hysterical stuff. So, yeah, speaking of the Patriots, week one matchup where the Eagles, I believe, are four point, I have to look it up. I have to look what the spread is, but I believe they're four point favorites um, in this game in this week one matchup. A lot of people have it pegged as the Juju Bradbury. I don't want to say it's like a a rematch of sorts because it's not like (laughs) Juju's high profile enough to really be at the front of anything. But we all remember the the call at the end of the Super Bowl and we all remember the comments, especially on Valentine's Day, that Juju Smith-Schuster made regarding uh, James Bradbury, a guy who owned the call and said, yeah, I had a hold. It's not like he made excuses. So that's in there. The Patriots added Zeke Elliott on offense. They also added tight end Mike Gusecki on offense. They brought in Offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. So they're hoping to get things out of Mac Jones. I was shocked that they let go of Bailey Zappi in addition to Malik Cunningham. So it's like Mac Jones are, or die at this point for, for the Patriots. But Belichick hasn't been the most supportive of Mac Jones. So a lot of pressure on Mac to see uh, to see if he has a uh, staying future in, uh, in New England. So off the rip, Shane, you look at this offense, you look at the Eagles defense, you lose Hargrave, you bring in Jalen Carter. The secondary for the most part is intact. Save two starting safeties and your linebackers, it looks like Zach Cunningham is going to be the starter alongside Kobe Dean. I would probably say Terrell Edmonds is going to start opposite Reed Blankenship, and Sidney Brown might unseat him by week three or four, but they're going to want that safe guy in there uh, to start the season. But when you look, take a look at this uh, New England offense, what do you have circled that could uh, create
1: potential issues for Sean Desai in that defense? Yes, yeah, so biggest thing that jumps off the page for me is last year that the Patriots – Used eleven personnel at a remarkably high rate. Seventy-nine percent of their snaps were in eleven personnel, mm. uh, which was the third highest in the NFL. So the Eagles like to play a lot of nickel. This is a game you're going to play a lot of nickel. You, you're not going to have to worry about putting a third linebacker on the field. I don't think. Uh, now, I think I team, if I was a team, if I was a team that could, you know, play twelve personnel, I would try to force the Eagles into base defense. But I don't think the Patriots really have that up their sleeve. So think you're going to see a lot of 11 personnel and um, they've got a new offensive coordinator as you mentioned in bill o'brien this year uh, last year they ranked near the bottom of the league in both rpos and play action i, I think you're going to see a lot more of that in this offense as they try to get mac jones back into his comfort zone of just distributing quickly from the pocket mm-hmm. so i think you're going to see a lot of that which is something the eagles should be really familiar with it's what they tend to do on offense as well um Another reason I think you see that is their right tackle, Riley Reef, just got moved to IR, which means that Mm -hmm. uh, either at right tackle, they're going to start City Sal, a day three rookie who wasn't in my top 100, uh, (laughs) or they're going to start Calvin Anderson, who is a UDFA that played three years in Denver, but he's only got 71 career snaps at right tackle. And Mm. by the way, who rushes against the right tackle in the Eagles defense? Uh, Mm. Hassan Reddick, 20 sacks (laughs) last season. Uh so it could be a good day for Hassan Reddick obviously you know there might be some conditioning things there with him having the injury so maybe you see Nolan Smith get a sack off of that right edge too but I think the Patriots their game plan has to be not let the pass rush wreck you yeah, especially so. going against the team that had the second most sacks in NFL history last year who brought everybody but Javon Hargrave back and by the way double dipped on the offense or defensive line in the first round <laughs> And you've got some guys banged up or missing from your line. So I think you're going to see a lot of RPOs. Uh, You're going to see a lot of the running game from the Patriots. They had Ramondre Stevenson already, Mm who's a really good running back. They add Ezekiel Elliott. So they've got a good one-two punch on the ground. I think you'll see probably a run-heavy game uh, and a lot of RPOs out of this Patriots offense.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention Ramondre Stevenson, who did rush for over 1,000 yards last year. He's their lead back. They have Ezekiel Elliott who can come in and cook their not. He'll give Ramondre Stevenson a breather. Maybe he'll get some goal line looks if they uh, if they get that far as well. But, yeah, you mentioned uh, Riley Rafe, who uh, got moved to the, uh, to the IR. And that's a big deal because he had a lot of starting experience, and he got hurt in a preseason game. Again, our mantra of uh, the preseason should probably end, but the Patriots lose uh, uh, him. So the Eagles are going to be looking to get after it. Uh, especially uh, on the side that Hassan Reddick uh, is there as well. You take a look at New England's receivers, and it's not a bad group. Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, who's currently questionable, and you have Kendrick Bourne, and they have rookie uh, Keishawn Boutte, who I was interested in uh, in the draft. So they and they also brought in a former Eagle, Jalen Rager. So you know the revenge, <laughs> the, the revenge game is. Is not really, but the revenge game is on. Fold maybe if he's on the practice squad, we'll see if they call him up for return duties or whatever uh, the situation is. Uh, but we mentioned the secondary: Darius Slay, James Bradbury. You're probably going to have Blankenship and Edmonds on the back end. Uh, how scared should we be of Juju? I'm sure that they'll 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 hammer home the Juju and Bradbury thing. Uh, Devonte Parker was pretty good in Miami, looking to find his footing again in the league. And Kendrick Bourne is consistent, if not uh, spectacular. What do you make of the uh, receiver group? In the in New England, and your chances, I guess your uh, projections of
1: Mac Jones making them somewhat effective. Yeah, I mean it. it should be a distinct advantage for the Eagles' secondary, Mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion, against the the receivers for the Patriots. I mean, the Eagles have two. I did position rankings, and I had both Slay and Bradbury in my top twelve cornerbacks. Mm. Uh, You got a duo of top twelve cornerbacks. Avante Maddox is really good out of the slot when he's healthy, and he's healthy now. We'll see how long it lasts, but somewhat. Uh, the Patriots, they, they don't have a wide receiver one. I mean, Juju, he put up close to a thousand yards last year. Like, thank, there's your participation award for playing with Patrick Mahomes. Like he had 153 yards the year before. So, I mean, Juju is a fine receiver. He's a good receiver too, but I don't, I'm not concerned about him like torching the Eagles secondary. Um, I, I and I really don't think, you know, you could be concerned about the safeties because there's a lack of experience there, but I just think it's going to be such a quick passing game that I don't think they're really going to be testing the Eagles downfield a lot. I think if you do that, the pass rush is going to have a chance to wreck you. So I think it protects the safeties a little bit at early on while the safeties kind of get their legs under them.
0: Yeah, if anything, they the, the one speed guy I guess they had was Tyquan Thornton, who's currently on on IR. He was the one guy that could take the top off and potentially beat you deep, and I, I think he's on IR. So that is is one guy they're not going to have to uh, – to worry about. So yeah, not a spectacular wide receiver group. Juju can get free over the middle. Uh Devontae Parker is able to go up and get the ball. But Slay can usually, you know, hang with those guys and Bradbury uh, as well. And Kendrick Bourne is, you know, your solid WR three, but nothing really to write home, uh write home there. I think as far as as the defense is concerned, we're all going to be staring at uh Jalen Carter, <laughs> of course, across the middle. And then you're going to have uh, the rotation of Milton Williams uh as well as uh Fletcher Cox and all those guys. And then you look at your uh defensive ends. How do you, um, I guess, what should we, should, we should probably set the proper expectation uh, for, for Jalen Carter's first game because we all know what he did on the first snap in in preseason. What do you make of the, uh, of the Patriots offensive line? We already spoke about Rafe, but the rest of them, how effective is the Eagles defensive line going to be in week one? And, and more importantly, Jalen Carter, what kind of performance should we expect from him in his first uh, NFL regular season game?
1: Yeah, so, The Patriots have a veteran center in David Andrews, who's a solid player Uh, at right guard. They have Mike and Winu, who I love as a as an offensive guard prospect. I had him in my top 10 offensive guards. He's a really good player. Uh, He was banged up in training camp. Uh, He's he's a full go to play, but uh, he dealt with some injuries during training camp. Uh, Overall, I think he'll be solid. Uh, And then they've got Cole Strange at left guard, who. Uh, was their fir- their first round pick last year that I had got made fun of, right? Everybody yeah, was like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and he has been injured and he's questionable right now for the game on Sunday, so they could potentially have you know bad right tackle, banged up left guard. All that said, I think people need to pump the brakes on their Jalen Carter expectations. Like, I I, I think Jalen Carter is a great player. Um, I'll find the stat here in a minute, but just rookie rookie defensive tackles don't generally make Mm -hmm. this crazy impact have these gaudy sack numbers and things that that people want you to think they do i went back and i dug up the number of sacks uh for every rookie defensive tackle taken in the last 10 years what do you think the average sack total is for rookie defensive tackles taken in the first round in the last decade like two and a half 2.3 that's pretty good all right Uh, jalen carter had six total sacks in college Uh, (laughs) i mean across his entire collegiate career six sacks yeah yeah and and you look at these guys and granted he's at georgia where they just rotate these guys in and out but you look at these guys and uh, let's talk guys that had over four sacks in the rookie season, you've got Ed Oliver with five, Sheldon Rankins with four, Deron Payne with five, Aaron Donald with nine. Like, that's the list. And so I think he's going to be a good player. I think, I think it's really likely we get to the end of the regular season and he's got like four sacks and we're all like, man, Jalen Carter was incredible this year. And um, you just shouldn't be measuring it by his sack production. And I, I can't decide whether having... Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. I can't decide if having these guys gives him a better chance to get sacks because he won't be the focal point or a worse chance because he might go win his rep and Hassan Reddick just wins faster. So it could go either way. Sacks are largely like a luck thing. I'm really more interested in just his pressure rates and if he's able to hold up in the run game.
0: Yeah, the run game is what's important. The Eagles allowed 121.6 yards per game, which was good for 16th in the league, despite being dominant, you know, elsewhere and 4.64 yards per rush, which was 24th in the league over the course of last year. So, not the greatest run defense um, last season. A lot of that had to do with uh, with hard grade, which is why, which is why I, I try to I try to relate to the people like hargrave was a phenomenal like pass rusher but like as far as the run game he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't the greatest so we're hoping uh jalen carter can at least be a little more uh you know steadfast in the in the run game because as as great as the eagles were last season they did get beat up on the ground a little bit which led to them signing linval joseph uh Atomic and sue they try not to get uh ran over and not for nothing zeke did have 12 rushing touchdowns last year you know he might be cooked but he, he still found a way to uh to get into the end zone and he combined with Armand J. Stevenson and his 1,000-yard rushing season last year, uh, could pose issues if they want to take pressure off off of uh, Mac Jones. But overall, Mac Jones is a statue back there. He doesn't rush a whole lot. He's not looking to leave the pocket. Uh, we expect to at least have him uncomfortable back there and have the Eagles pass rush try and generate uh, errant throws and potentially some uh, some uh, some turnovers. Uh, any last notes on the, on the New England offense versus the Eagles defense before we go to break and come back and talk about how we expect the Eagles offense to <laughs> kind of shred this, uh, this new England defense.
1: Yeah. Just on, on your point about Javon Hargrave being bad against the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that's by design. Um, he was He's bad. he was a, He's bad against the run by design. Well, I think it was a design <laughs> of the defense. He, he was designed to one gap and get penetration and go try to get the passer. And because you look at Javon Hargrave, I didn't understand what the Eagles were doing when they signed Javon Hargrave. Uh, away from the Steelers a few years ago because he was a nose tackle for or for Pittsburgh in their 3-4. And, and he was a good run defender like you can go look back at his stats his PFF grades things like that. Hargrave was a good run defender in Pittsburgh. And so the fact he was a bad run defender here I don't think he just lost that skill. I think it was schematically how the defense was structured to give up the run and so that's something to keep an eye on too uh, how the eagles use their defensive tackles and what the primary focus is because it should certainly be on stopping the run in this game
0: yeah i would certainly like if you i would if i was sean desai i'm like if we're going to lose this game that's going to be because mac jones threw 400 yards on us and we just couldn't stop it and then <laughs> i'd rather that happen than J Stevenson run for 150 yards and get pounded on the ground i'd rather lose the i'd rather not lose but make mac jones beat you rather than the ground, trying to eliminate the run and have Mac Jones uh, make decisions and see uh, what happens there. Uh, We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Eagles offense, uh, Jalen Hurts, these receivers, these running backs against this uh, Patriots defense who was fairly good last year. We're going to see what Nick Sirianni and uh, Brian Johnson are going to attempt to cook up against that defense. Keep it locked right here to the EPA podcast on Bleeding Green Nation.
1: We are back here on the EPA podcast, previewing the Eagles offense uh, against the Patriots defense. Stout, stout to defense. I've been stout adorned. defense. Uh, <laughs> obviously Bill Belichick, one of the better defensive head coaches in the league. Uh, perhaps nobody better in the league at constructing like a single game game plan uh, to take away what you do best. Now, I'm not sure what you try to take away from the Eagles, but Bill Belichick's had all offseason to cook this up. So, uh, I wanna start this section off, Victor, with a with a little game of guess that stat. Oh, so I, I'm gonna we're gonna put you on the spot here. So the Patriots had fifty-four sacks last year, which mm-hmm. ranked third in the league. Obviously the Eagles with seventy were in first. The Chiefs were second with fifty-four. So the Patriots had or excuse me, fifty-five. So the Patriots at fifty four sacks, third mm-hmm. in the league. Where do you think they ranked in pass rush win rate? Uh I will say they were just outside the top 10. So, like a little ranked. 12. They ranked 29th oh in pass God. rush win rate at 33%. So, the question is how? How does Man, a team that got 54 sacks rank 29th in pass rush win rate? Well, here's my theory Matthew Judon led the league in sacks last year on scrambles. Mm. Josh Uche was tied for fifth in the league in sacks on scrambles. They are very good. Now, they have struggled against mobile quarterbacks in the past, but they are good at sacking these guys when they try to leave the pocket on scrambles. And so I do think that's something to watch this year. I mean, there were instances last year of Jalen Hurts leaving pockets that maybe he shouldn't have. And generally, good things happen because he's such a good playmaker outside of structure. But that's one of the top things for me to watch this weekend. Uh, Obviously, you've got Jordan Maialata. You've got Lane Johnson. You're not like Lane Johnson. Just book it. You're not going to give up a sack. Jordan Maialato was a little shaky last year in pass protection at times, but when Hertz starts to vacate the pocket, uh, are they going to be able to contain him? They certainly had good luck last year at getting sacks on scrambles, So that's one of the key things for me to watch in this game.
0: When I think about Hertz and, and his ability to leave the pocket and teams that are supposedly good at uh, containing that and containing scrambles, I, I think about the, uh, the Packers game. Last year, when uh, when Hertz had over 100 yards in the first quarter, and even if linebackers know it's coming, like Hertz is so, like you could <laughs> the snap could happen, and you could know Hertz is going to run, and it's like he's so athletic that he that even the most athletic linebackers can't keep up with it. So I I when 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 you talk about scrambling QBs, like who were the who are like the mid tier scramblers, like guys who are mobile but aren't really runners, like who who are those guys? Those guys are like Russell Wilson. He's not like a runner, but he can scramble, right? Aaron Rodgers, I guess you could consider a scrambler uh, in that essence. Like those, like those kind of guys you can contain. But guys like Justin Fields, guys like Jalen Hurts, guys like Lamar Jackson, guys like who I assume Anthony Richardson will become. Those guys, I feel like, are out of the equation as far as containing scrambling QBs because they just outrun you. They just outrun you, and I feel like that's going to be uh, the case here with, the, uh, with, with Jalen Hurts in this offense. Now, the thing we will watch. In this game is, you know, Sirianni has said over and over again, we didn't pay Jalen Hurts to do less, but we do expect Jalen Hurts to run just a tad bit less because now he's worth a quarter billion dollars. So you don't want him taking these unnecessary hits. But I think we're going to tell a lot from open practice. Um, He was running the ball quite a bit. I don't know if they were trying to put on a show for the fans or whatever, but when you watch it, you're like, man, maybe they weren't lying. Maybe he really is going to run 12 times, 12 times a game, but you don't want to take away the weapon that makes Jalen Hurts who he is. And I don't expect uh, the Patriots to um, – to um, I expect them to attempt to contain him. I don't think they're going to be, like, sacking him in the backfield or outside the pocket or anything like that. But now there is more film out on Jalen Hurts. Now there's been whole off-seasons on how to contain and combat against Jalen Hurts. So this first week is going to be a good test on how teams are going to try and render Jalen Hurts ineffective and see if maybe they can uh, have him come down from this high a little bit that was the 2022 season.
1: Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they play it. Uh, one thing I would expect to see. So last year, the Patriots only blitzed on 19% of their snaps, mm. which was like near the, it was like bottom seven in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually only rushed three on 14% of the snaps, which was a league leading total. This was not a pressure team. The Eagles struggled against the blitz last year though. So mm-hmm. I would expect the Patriots to come in a little more blitz heavy in this game. Like if I was Bill Belichick designing this game plan, i would blitz i would try a lot of sim pressures blitzing Uh, i would probably put christian gonzalez their first round pick at cornerback he was number seven on my big board Uh, i would have i'd probably put him on an island with devonta smith and try to keep a safety over the top of aj brown just to try to take away that deep threat Uh, so i'm looking at a devonta smith christian gonzalez matchup as a as a big battle to watch too Obviously, that's a welcome to the league rookie moment if you're trying okay, to match the first up game in the good, league <laughs> with such a good route runner as Devonta Smith. But that's something I would expect them to do. Um, last year, the Patriots played a lot of light boxes because they went a lot of 2 high shells. But then post snap, they would spin that coverage into single high safety. And last season, that single high safety was Devin McCordy. Uh, he retired this offseason after actually becoming the fourth defensive back in NFL history. Mm. To have over 200 starts with one team, uh, long longtime Patriot, he's gone, and so I don't know who's going to fill that role. I don't know if that will structurally change their defense, uh, but that's certainly a tendency they put on film a lot last season.
0: You you mentioned that the Eagles struggled against the uh the, the blitz last year. Of those plays with that teams opposing teams blitzed on, do you know offhand? You probably don't, because it would be such a such a minute stat, but do you know how many of those, of those plays Jalen Hurts turned into positive yardage? Because <laughs> I'm curious to see, of those blitzes, how many did Jalen Hurts just render useless because he ran the ball for a first down? I'd be yeah, I don't, I don't have
1: a number on that.
0: I'd be, I'd be curious because I think it would be more prominent in my mind if I remembered more of these blitzes if he just got sacked, but he's so hard to bring down that, uh, that, um, that blitzes almost aren't effective, or he makes quick decisions and he's able to find somebody over the middle, uh, and I think that guys like DeAndre Swift are going to help that. A lot more. And Swift, we're going to get our first look at what the Eagles have in mind as far as DeAndre Swift's role in this offense. We know in training camp, he was being used all over. And uh, there's been a lot of, a lot has been made about who's going to get the most carries, who's going to be the lead back. There were some rumblings about Rashad Penny's not going to make this team. Never bought into that. Don't know why that was a thing. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're going to get our first look at uh, what this running back rotation is going to look like against a defense, uh, Shane, we were talking about it briefly, that uh, allowed. I thought that was pretty good at stopping the run um and was sixth uh last year in yards allowed per game. Uh how do you expect to this running back rotation to uh to to shake out? Do you expect Swift to be utilized in the passing game from the rip? Are they going to wear people down from Rashad Penny? Is Rashad Penny really going to have a role or is he just going to be the closer? How do you
1: kind of uh see this shaking out in week 1? Well, we don't know. We
0: no idea. We don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I honestly believe Sirianni when he says they're going to go with the hot hand in games. I don't think they have a lead back. Like I think you're going to see Holly gainwell. gainwell. I think you you're going to gonna you see to gainwell, Penny and Swift. I think it is let me think of how I want to say this, but <laughs> I think I think it's largely unimportant. Mm. I think all I think two of those three guys for sure are better running backs than Miles Sanders and Miles Sanders had a great year last oh, year God. like the 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 tent poles of the offense is the downfield passing attack, the QB run game, and every aspect of it, the offensive line, every aspect of it makes life easy on the running back. Teams say running back doesn't matter. I really think running back doesn't matter for the Eagles. So I don't know how it's going to shake out. Obviously, it's nice if you got a guy that can make plays out of the backfield as a receiver, like we think DeAndre Swift can, but I don't know how it's going to shake out. I think they're all going to be good.
0: Yeah, I think, I, think, I think so as well. I bring that up because the – uh uh, we mentioned the defense, and if we had to, like, make a chart, I guess, I'm sure you've probably done this to this point, or or will do so in the coming days, of, like, position groups on, like, who edges out who, you can maybe give the Patriots in one group, ah, yeah, you could probably give it to the Patriots uh, as far as linebacker goes. That's probably the one position group they have the edge here. And uh, Dallas Goddard has been vocal about how he wants to have a 1,000-yard uh, season this year, so we're going to see how that matches up. And Shane, we didn't get to have our uh, our victory lap moment last week um of albert o finally coming to, to the eagles if you were uh, listening to this last year shane and i might have been the only ones on the timeline and on the show screaming for alberto for the eagles to make that trade at the at the deadline last year because we knew that the tight end depth was light after goddard goes down they got by last year with stall and calcaterra in those few games but you don't want that to be the case if Goddard it goes down for extended time albert o is a vertical threat has some work to do as far as blocking goes Uh, But Shane and I were were capping for this dude. And Denver damn near cut him. And then the Eagles came in last second and made a deal for him. And Shane, nobody was celebrating harder than than Shane and I. So uh, not even really in this game because we don't expect him to have a role, I guess, right off the bat since he's still relatively new. Uh, But what is, this kind of gets away from week one preview, uh, but what do we expect from Alberto uh, uh, this year, if at all? I know we were were fans and screaming for him last year. We were definitely excited when the trade happened. Uh, what kind of role do we envision for Alberto in 2023, if if he can have one?
1: Yeah, I, I went back and found the tweet I made at the deadline about. I saw, I saw, I saw. I Unfortunately, the first year. the I first part of the tweet, and it was yeah. I mean, it was a little tongue in cheek. I didn't, I wasn't stating an opinion on Robert Quinn, but I said the Robert Quinn trades fun mm-hmm. and all, but or nice and all, but. Can we go get Alberto? And I need to like black that part out because that was shade. not me co-signing this Robert Quinn deal. But it
0: was shade. It was shade yeah. throwing Robert Quinn's way, who just got arrested, by the way. Oh, so I that's that. I didn't realize that <laughs> Robert uh, Quinn. Yeah, he's he's in. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, Alberto, <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Um, I, I hope. I mean, there was effort issues on tape in Denver, which Denver efforts last oh my year. God. Uh, so hopefully that's something that goes away in a strong locker room for a contending team, that sort of thing. But I, I don't know if he's going to be, I don't know if he's going to play, if he'll be an active in week one, cause he is oh. relatively new, but I would love to see him involved. Like the Patriots only played base defense on 7% of their snaps last year. They love to get five and even six defensive backs on the field. So could the Eagles go 12 personnel heavy? And force base defense from the Patriots, it would be interesting to see if they want to do that. It's not like you lose a lot taking Quez Watkins off the field, so as long as Albert O is like okay to block a little bit I think it could be really interesting to see like a twelve personnel oriented attack against this team. But by the same token, you know I can see you going eleven personnel and put DeAndre Swift and Dallas Goddard in the slots and you know go out into empty and spread them out too like there's so many good matchups you can pick, but uh, I think he gives you that flexibility to go twelve personnel heavy at times, uh, and, and gives you you know you don't have to take that step down to Jack Stoll in terms of a receiving oh. threat if Dallas Goddard were to miss a game or two. So uh, I'm excited about the pick. I don't know what we'll see in Week One, but I'd love to see him on the field.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think we would both really like to uh, <laughs> like to uh, like, like to see Alberto on the field. It was definitely one of the more exciting trades. <laughs> Just because we were vindicated, it feels good to finally be vindicated for a guy that you've been uh, clamoring for for uh, uh, for so long. Uh, as far as special teams go, I want to I want to make this last point. I forgot I forgot the guy's name off offhand, but they have that dynamic returner, of the Patriots. What's his name? Marcus? Is it Marcus Jones? I forget his name. Uh, um, I, think I think that's he's, right. He's pretty. He's a pretty dynamic guy. And we lost several aces. He lost McPherson for the year. He lost Sean Bradley for the year. You released Kyron Johnson, who had 265 special team snaps last year. Who is going to be uh, playing on special teams this year, Shane? And is Marcus Jones going to be returning punts and kicks on us in this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope not, but I hope never not. <laughs> discount the Eagles' special teams ability to screw up. Uh, I mean, Elliott should be putting kickoffs into the end zone. So if they run Please those, should feel good about it. Hopefully, the Eagles aren't punting the ball a lot. Who's the
0: punter? Matter. There is no active punter on the roster. If we have to elevate R and Sipos, here's here's my thing. With I mean, punters. that's what they're going to do. They're going to elevate Sipos. But this is the thing, though. Like they've worked out all these guys. Uh, what's what's his name? Gilligan from the Penn State. The guy who who's who got released from the Saints. He's probably the best of the group. I am really curious on what the Eagles are looking for from a punter because they've worked out like eight guys and they haven't signed any of them. Like what if, and they, I'm sure seven out of eight of them are better than Arn Sipos. Like what are they looking for from a punter? Like if a guy can, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand.
1: I really, yeah. I, really, I mean, I, so <laughs> I'll confess. I don't grind a lot of punter tape. I grinded so, some snats last week
0: and it, yeah. Told me so insane. If,
1: if you, <laughs> if you want some more insight, there's a Twitter account named puntalytics oh, yeah. uh, at, at the punt Runs. Uh, So you can go check them out, but one of the, so when they, when the Eagles initially cut Sipos and like all the waiver moves happened and stuff, they had Sipos ranked as like the second best punter available. What? And then when he, then when he came back, they basically, they were saying that since he's also the holder for Jake Elliott, you really have to like have a sizable improvement for it to be worth it to mess that up. And they said, you know, those guys just aren't available. Like Ty Zetner was their swing. It didn't work out. They expect Sipos to be the guy. And I mean, I don't, I, I, I think Sipos is not very good, but as much as people like want to scapegoat him on the Super Bowl thing, like let's not act like him downing that punt at the five would have made a difference. The Chiefs were going to drive right down the field anyways. If anything, he saved them some time or maybe they could kick the ball back. So that is horrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I mean, we know how the defense is playing that day, thanks to a coach that is no longer there we're going to talk about in a minute. So stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to elevate Sipos. I think you can do that three times uh, per season. So they'll probably elevate him the first three games. And by that point, somebody's probably going to be hurt on IR that you can, you can make him on the roster again. So I think that's probably the plan.
0: Who do you have slated as the returner? Covey is also on the practice squad. As far as the depth chart is concerned, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus. Is the primary punt return. Uh, do you feel I haven't seen I have talked to some people who have seen Zacchaeus catch punts in practice. Uh so I assume he's clean at it. Uh is Covey another guy you plan to <laughs> you expect to be elevated? I think he's so. He's not he's not bad. What's with all the are, are you pro Covey or no? Because the fan base is really like anti Covey. And he no, was like care. the ninth highest return. He averaged like nine yards per return last year.
1: Now a lot yeah, of those he was fine. Because of the Titans game. game. He, he was fun a good one good in the Turner. Super Bowl. No, a, I, I don't know anything team. about him as a receiver. Cause he didn't really play, but oh, hey, I, ex- we'll I would expect him, him to be elevated too. Cause they only have four receivers, yeah. uh, but I'm fine with Alameda Zaccheaus returning punts and on kickoffs, you should be fair catching him to take it at the 25 anyways, with the new rule, like, Last year, teams were sky kicking it to like the fives. The Eagles had to return it and they could never purposely because
0: we were terrible. Okay.
1: Yeah, this year you can just fair catch that and put it at the 25 anyways. So I expect that to be what we're doing on kickoffs and punts. Sure. Put Zacchaeus out there. If Covey's not active, I don't really care too much on that. If my if my memory
0: serves correctly, Covey had a pretty good return in the Super Bowl. I think I think if my memory serves. Yeah, I think I remember that, too. think so i try to forget that game but i do remember that that uh instance uh quickly after
1: after the super bowl so a little (laughs) behind the peek behind the glass i was planning i was gonna do all 22 for like every play in the super bowl Mm -hmm. so like release like quarter one and not as in depth as i normally do but just kind of talk through what happened on each play so i was gonna do like quarter one two three four like four different videos after the super bowl happened at my followers like, yeah, we're not gonna watch that. We're over it. Yeah. So I didn't even do it. I put out so.
0: a I put out a clip of a of, of one of the two throws of Dallas got. that were very, very pinpoint, like some of the most accurate passes Jalen Hurts has ever made. And uh, you know, I was proud of it, proud of the work, proud of the clip, proud of the breakdown, and yeah, a lot. Half of those replies were like, "I, I'm not watching this." So I was just like, "All right, well, I'll fuck myself." All right, so but um, uh, before we go to 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 the Gannon uh, thing we have planned here, uh, predictions. The Eagles, I looked it up. are four point favorites. It keeps going from four to three and a half point favorites. Um, Shane, your your final score prediction. I'll give mine, then we'll go to. Again in rent we have planned here.
1: <laughs> All right, I went thirty-one twenty-one Eagles. Uh, oh. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a sloppy game in the beginning. Wouldn't be surprised if you know you hit the end of the first quarter and oh my gosh, the Patriots are up ten to seven or something like that. Uh, but I will
0: not be doing well if that happens.
1: <laughs> I, I feel confident about the Eagles. Eventually, talent wins out. I think the rust gets knocked off. The play callers settle into a groove, and I'll take the Eagles by ten.
0: Yeah, I got 31 at uh, 24. I think it'll be tight to, to your point through the first half. Wouldn't shock me if they're getting beat up a little bit. We're going to see like one completion on the first drive, maybe for 10, 15 yards. And the fan base is going to be like, oh, this nothing changed. Defense going to be. It is what it is. But I think they win. I think they win by by, uh, by at least seven points in that game. I think they cover the spread. And we move on to the home opener on Thursday night in, uh, in week two. So speaking of defense and former coordinators and coaches that are no longer here, uh, if uh, if you haven't seen yet, uh, a clip has gone around and gone viral of Jonathan Gannon attempting to lead his new team, his Arizona Cardinals, in uh, what I assume is a film session or a a a walkthrough, whatever it was. Um, players looked rather uninterested, unenthused by what Jonathan Gannon is saying, and I, I am disappointed. Well, I mean, I'm not. If I was a, if I was a Cardinals fan, I'd be disappointed that this is the way our team is being portrayed, even though it's a wide known fact that they are likely going to tank, even though. Something just came out recently, right before we got on the show, Shane, that Caleb Williams is going to go back to school if a team he does not want to play for is holding that top pick. So he's already putting it out there. I'm not playing for the Cardinals. <laughs> That's essentially um, um, what that means. But, Shane, you have a very uh, <laughs> entertaining rant here planned as far as Jonathan Gannon goes, so the floor is yours.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, nil works out with that, with, like, top picks. So, I mean, you had like Eli come out and just be like, I'm not playing for the Chargers. i doing this. Don't The Chargers. Charge no. But that doesn't happen very often because it, I mean, it does kind of look bad. But it's interesting. You'll like Jared Verse did it last year. He probably would have been a top 10 pick and he got paid a bunch of money to come back to Florida State this year to go win a title potentially as, you know, they blasted LSU in week one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I wonder how often you'll it's see more of a Florida Brian Kelly picking uh, their uh, shit yeah. show than anything. <laughs> I, I wonder how much you'll see like, Caleb Williams is going to be the number one overall pick. And he looks over, he's like, man, the Cardinals, that doesn't look like a good landing spot. I'm just going to come back for another year. Like, I think you could start to see that more. And that's going to be a seismic shift in like how the draft works. Because that's never been a thing before. You want to go get paid as soon as you can. So that does open up some interesting things. But on to Jonathan again. If you guys haven't seen the clip, I've got it pulled up here. We're just going to walk through uh, just an outline, <laughs> frame of a motiva- by frame. Yeah, outline of a motivational speech here. So, So here we go. Welcome back. So, I mean, first of all, like, let's <laughs> pause right there. <laughs> let's pause right there. It's always nice to greet people in a pleasant manner, uh, especially if you haven't seen them in a while. So it's a, it's nice to see an NFL coach modeling this etiquette for his players. So right off the bat, that kudos to Jonathan Gannon. So let's keep rolling here.
0: Who drove over here? Quick, let
1: me see your hands. Who took the bus? So gannon's trying to figure out the transportation situation right like if his players are taking public transportation to practice he doesn't want to be rolling up in his lexus that would be a bad look uh you want to be kind of on the level of your players so kudos to jonathan gannon for being socially aware here he's considerate he's considerate very good You have fire in your gut did you so i mean the team clearly ordered in taco bell for a late night film session There's some digestive issues like Jonathan Gannon wants to make sure his players are okay. He's worried about their physical well-being. Did you have the fire in your gut? Did you? He wants to make sure that everybody's good before they get out on the practice field. Correct.
0: We're here for a reason. Don't get that twisted. Okay. We're here for a reason to win games.
1: Now it's always good to make sure you're on the same page as your professional athletes. When it comes to the job description, like, You know, I've gone into jobs before and I sit down at the beginning and we want to make sure we're on the same page about what's expected. I know as a high school coach, my players often got confused about if we were supposed to win or lose the game. So it's good that he's ironing that out early. So let's keep rolling here. So if you didn't have that fire in your gut, you better light the fire pretty fast. Okay, so apparently the fire in the gut thing was not about Taco Bell induced diarrhea. Nope. Uh, I'm confused. You can see the confusion from the players now. So let's see if Gannon can get this thing back on track. Be who you are. So, I mean, this is good, right? He gets back on track. He's focusing on the mental health of his players. You're free to be you. Be who you you are. Be true to yourself. Uh, And then we get this zinger to end it. Just understand, I'm looking for killers. Okay, I mean, that got dark fast. Like, I'm not sure who Gannon is looking to take out. His players do not seem to be on board, no. uh, and at least this tape can be entered into evidence later, or something shady happens. So, uh, yeah. And then we end. You know, we gotta we gotta put this one back on here, although it wasn't related. So it is related.
0: I've several uh, I've several takeaways from this video.
1: <laughs> all right, lay them on me. Number one.
0: He lied to his players saying they're here to win games. Very clearly, the organization is not planning to win games this year. Making it <laughs> apparent they let go. Who are, who are their starters? Between Josh Dobbs, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and Clayton Toon. Zach Ertz is probably has the least <laughs> about of interest to play.
1: He's questionable,
0: uh, by the way. Questionable, yes. Questionable, probably on, on, a, on many fronts. Uh, James Conner <laughs> is, is your workhorse. He, he might lose interest at some point. And uh, Kyla Murray, I'd be shocked if we see him at all this season, my hot take of this season is that Kyler Murray will be a Falcon next year. The Falcons Mm -hmm. attempted to trade for Lamar Jackson. And if Desmond Ritter shit in the bed, I expect them to make a move for Kyler Murray because Caleb Williams is their priority right now. It is not to win games. So Jonathan Gannon is lying to his players. My other if you could pull up the video again and pause it on Buda Baker's uh facial reaction, because I wanna I wanna hammer home here that Buda Baker is in no way, shape or form okay with still being in Arizona. There is, there is a, at some point throughout the summer, he was told that you are going to be traded. And Buda Baker, with the facial expression that he has, that we're going to see here in a second, is asking at this point in time, why am I not in Philadelphia? Why is this not happening? Kaiser is looking like, how did this guy make it to Philadelphia? And Buda Baker was promised that he was going to be sent to Philadelphia, and he is asking himself, why am I still here? Why is this still happening? I don't even understand, <laughs> I don't even understand what Jonathan Gannon is even talking, right here. This is it. This is the face of a man. <laughs> this is the face of a man that is questioning his his entire life situation right now he's questioning why am i in arizona what is this guy talking about is there any other team that could trade for me right now please god because this season is about to go south so i feel for buddha baker i'm sure how he tried i'm sure he called i'm sure he there was there was a conversation about it asking price and it couldn't make it happen so i feel sorry uh, for buddha baker and one more thing about the transportation if you're asking million dollar players I pray to God he was talking about the team bus and not public transportation. But if you're asking million-dollar players, who took the bus? Yeah, uh, you need you need to take a look around the room. And I, I, try, I try not to be like a, a Gannon. Well, I'm not even going to lie. Like, the Gannon hate is, like, it is what it is at this point. But if you're looking for killers, you need to look in the mirror, buddy, because you are not one. Otherwise, we'd have a Super Bowl right now. So... It's it's I we Shane and I were talking before the show. We feel like it's a bit unfair if, if he's one and done this year because the, the the Cardinals clearly have other uh motives and other priorities this season and it's not to win games. Uh but if it gets bad, they're they're like the far out away the betting favorite to have the worst the worst record this season. I don't think they're winning three games. I think it's gonna get worse before it gets better. I don't know what the what the long term plan is with Jonathan Gannon there, but uh early indications are players are not going to respond and I doubt it goes well for him. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have money. I don't want anybody
0: to lose their jobs. I don't want I'm not like I'm not I'm not like disheartened, like I don't want anybody to lose their jobs. But uh
1: don't cancel Victor. Did.
0: Yeah, don't say like oh this guy's like pr- like trying to get dudes fired. No, that's not what, that's not what's happening. That's not what's happening. He's
1: gonna get himself fired. We don't need to do He's anything. He's gonna get himself to get him fired. fired. He's already on the
0: road to get himself fired. Like, did you like the faces alone? Kaiser White is even like, man, I, I thought I got away from this and now I'm back doing this again. I'm back doing this again. Kayvon Wallace is over there, by the way. They claimed him. So. Yeah.
1: I so, I man. uh I have money on the Cardinals under two and a half. Like the line was four and a half. Yeah. Oh my God. Under two and a half wins. The line was four and a half. And I took boosted odds to go under two and a half because I think they're going to be a total train wreck. But here's the thing I'm sure you could follow me around with a camera and make a 30 second clip that makes me look like a doofus. Yeah. That would be malicious, which is your prerogative. This is the Arizona Cardinals social media team putting this as an official account. Like, they have unfettered access to Jonathan Gannon. They have a vested interest in making the coach that they cheated to hire look good. And so far we have Viva Mexico. We have Pew Pew and we have this, like it's almost like they're just trying to make him look like a doofus because they realize they made a mistake. And so they're just like softening the blow to fire this guy. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's our, that's my Jonathan Gannon thoughts. And I'm going to now, I I, I'm not, I was going to say, I'm going to now like, cleanse my palate get his name out of my mouth and never say it again but to be honest I can't promise that
0: we did have we did have a recent develop uh Ari Mirov tweeted it but I guess he just deleted it uh Jonathan Gannon apparently did like an in-depth interview with somebody and he did say like the Super Bowl loss is my fault like we lost it because of me and I quoted it and said it's about damn time he he uh he uh, admitted it but then Ari deleted it for
1: whatever reason so I I think that was an ESPN article right uh, something hard. like that. It was
0: something, yeah. it was right before I hopped on here and I, I quoted it right before we got on here, but I was like, at least he's taking accountability. Like I no, can at he, least somewhat respect that, but now it's like gone. So maybe he he didn't. was a
1: hundred percent being sarcastic when he oh, said really? That. Oh, yeah, this is almost Well, all right. Well, forget it. <laughs> this guy.
0: I can't, man. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. The thing is, is like, and there are some defenders out there that like, all he did was give us like the second most sacks in, in league history and this and that, but listen, Shane, maybe you and I could have coached the defense to 75. Maybe get to seventy-five sacks. When you have that much talent, it's kind of hard to fail, unless you're in the Super Bowl against Pat Mahomes on one ankle and get beat by uh, two of the same players on opposite sides of the field. So it is what it is. Is it true they got beat on that on that play in the Jacksonville game? And the Chiefs are just like, well, we're going to do that because I doubt the Eagles fixed it. Like, I, you you probably went back the, and watched Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: yeah, yeah. That came from Doug, and 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 the Chiefs are just like, yep, they they couldn't beat it then, and they can't beat it now. So <laughs> Yeah, which I mean to be fair, speed motion in the red zone is really hard uh, in that condensed space. But yeah, oh, they no. definitely pulled that from the Jags film.
0: You're saying it's on the
1: players? You're saying those plays are on the players, huh? No, no, I'm I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that that's why motion's so killer in the red zone. There's just oh. no room to operate to run those guys, run the defenders off of each other, and stuff so sky
0: Moore is like you know pretty pretty uh pretty elusive so it's hard to keep up with those guys man kelsey kelsey questionable he just had an injury last year so it's going to be interesting football is back tomorrow eagles football is back on sunday it feels good to be back feels good to get up here and preview uh the eagles match up with the patriots we all expect a one no start to the season and they better start out quick because that death march in november december is not going to be a fun time so we'll hope that the eagles uh get off to a quick start here thank you guys for checking out the epa podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation, I'm one of your hosts, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at the Philly Pod. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast over there as well. Firing that back up, be sure to go follow Shane as Shane Half NFL. What do you have in the pipeline, Shane, as far as YouTube and the and the 16 other pods you do? What's going on with you right now?
1: Yeah, I'll have I've got graphics scheduled to come out on Twitter all throughout the week, uh, breaking down different aspects of the game. Those will be things that I put out weekly. I'll do weekly All-22 content on Twitter and on my YouTube as well. Uh, I'm on a lot of podcasts, too many. Uh, Birds of the Roundtable is a podcast you can check out. It's a roundtable with some Philly sports, uh, different Philly sports hosts that we talk every Tuesday night about the Eagles. Obviously I obviously have the BGN draft show in the BGN feed here. I'll be on the post-game show. I'll be on halftime shows for Edge of Philly Sports. Uh, I've got Chalk Talk that, air- that airs every Tuesday night uh recapping the nfl as a whole Uh, so if you want to you know you're watching the eagles games but you want to know what's going on in the rest of the league that's not a big issue since the eagles never play at one o'clock this year but you can go check that out in an hour hour and 15 we'll go through each game Uh, last night we did our last off-season episode before we get into reviews Uh, we drafted nfl war award winners uh coach of the year first coach fired super bowl winners all that stuff, you can go check that as well, as well on YouTube or wherever you stream your podcasts.
0: Yeah, we should follow them up. Busy men, busy men. The Eagles season's back full swing, which means content galore. You're not going to be hurting to find different ways to digest what it is the Eagles are doing this season. I'll be on the post uh Sunday. You are there, Shane? Postgame on Sunday? Yes, I'll be there. I'll be there too. So be sure to check us out after that. Those are always fun to do, and we'll be back next week. Uh, recapping, hopefully, a victory for the Eagles and patriots mashup until next time guys thank you guys for checking it out we'll catch you next week peace out from the epa podcast
1: go birds